Good morning, and welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. My name is Katie Howe, and I have the privilege of being on staff here. We want you to get connected in the life of our church. And to do that, we would love for you to fill out those digital connection cards, either on your screen or put it in your bulletin. You can also do, do so through our website, phumc.com connect. We have many ministry opportunities throughout the week, and we would love to get to know you better. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. We hope you enjoy our service. Good morning, everyone. It is such a joy to be with you in worship today. Those of you who are worshiping in person, it is wonderful to see smiling eyes above masked faces, especially as we come into the warmth in the midst of the cold outside. And those of you who are worshiping with us online, we are so thankful that you are part of our service of worship and our church family this morning as well. Today, we are talking about what it means to recognize that each and every one of us is called by God for a purpose, to participate in God's work in the world. Um, all of us, no matter our experience in church, no matter the strength of our faith, each and every one of us are invited by God to participate in God's work. And so I want you to know that no matter where you are in your journey of faith, uh, no matter what you were going through in your life, uh, what struggles or celebrations or joys you are experiencing, that God welcomes you in this place. And so do we here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Today, we are also celebrating communion, uh, that, that invitation that Christ has for all of us to join in a holy and beloved meal. Um, and so those of you who are joining with us online. If you want to gather together your elements um, for that later on in the service, we invite you to do so. Again, it is a joy to be with you in worship today. Let us turn our hearts and minds to the worship of God.
celebrate that this morning. Let's continue to sing.
now come to the time in our service where we lift up our joys and concerns before God and before the community. This is an ancient Christian practice that we bring here. We have a practice of leaving room in our prayers so that there is space for us to listen to God, to listen to one another and to name those things either out loud or in our hearts or under our breath, however you feel most comfortable, but there will be that space. And we invite you to feel the comfort there of God drawing especially near to our community. Let us pray together. God, we hear you calling. We hear you calling us into a fuller, deeper, more compassionate sense of self and community. We hear you calling us like those early disciples, follow me. God, we honor you in the ways that you have made our life, that you have made our path, made our joy. God, we thank you in this time for joys great and small that give us hope. We name those joys before you now. For Annie, for Ryan, for Leah, God. God, we know that it is not just joy. It is not just fun and sunshine. God, we know that life has the dips and the valleys. God, this morning we pray for Jeff Stotts and family and the death of his grandmother, Wanda Stotts, and their grief. God, we ask that you be especially with them this morning. And God, we pray for all who are ill or recently hospitalized. We pray for Gloria Cleveland, Art Gillum, Peggy Hundley, Lucky Meinholz, Paula Woosley, and Blake Adams. God, we also name the concerns of this community before you now. we give these things to you. We give these things that keep us up in the night to you. Not that they are gone or not that they don't matter anymore, God, but that you help us to carry them. You promise us that the yoke is light when we share it with you. We thank you for that. God, we pray especially this morning to hear your call and we pray for the courage to follow it. We know there is joy in the journey of learning who we are and whose we are. We pray that the needs of each soul and the well-being of all are met in your comfort and action in the world, O oh God. We pray for Christians gathered here and around the world 
that we might be active participants in the story of love that you are writing for the world. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In this time of worship, we give thanks for the gift of community. Particularly today when there has been weather outside um, that has caused us to struggle and, uh, and make changes in our lives as we recognize the pain and the struggle that the pandemic continues to have on us and on our community, we are so thankful um, for the gift of the church and the presence of God among us in new and different ways. In particular today, I am thankful that even during this time of separation and pandemic, um, that our children's ministries have continued to seek new ways to reach children. And that even though we've had to put a pause on children's Sunday school for the present time, that each and every week, our amazing team of family ministries puts together online children's Sunday schools so that kids are able to learn and grow with their families at home. That is something that is so precious and wonderful that the power of Jesus's love can enter into the homes of those who aren't able to get out and come and meet in a group in person. And we are so thankful that for that. And that and so many ministries of our church that bring Jesus to people are made possible because you give. Because of the gifts of our community, we are able to be Jesus in this time and in this place in all sorts of amazing, creative and transformational ways. If you would like to make a donation uh, to the financial uh, to the financial works of Pulaski Heights so that we're able to do ministries like this that transform lives, you are invited to do so in this time of offering. We have offering in worship because it is an act of worship. It is an act of participating in God's work in the world as we offer our gifts to God. Those of you who are in person can make an offering in the offering plates as they are passed. And those of you who are worshiping with us online can make a donation at phumc.com give or by any of the ways to give that are on your screen. In this time of worship, as we give these offerings before God, let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, we are so thankful that you continue to guide us and lead us in uncertain waters, in new and amazing ways. We don't know what the future will hold, God, but we know that we are called to follow you into it. And so God, as we offer these gifts before you this morning, I pray that they may be multiplied, that they can be used for all of the new ways that you are leading us to reach your world in love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.
together from the moment of rescue. I have never been the same when his love took me captive. And my sin was washed away. Now I stand here forgiven. And I know that I am saved. And I won't be put to shame. as you are able for the reading of God's holy word today. This comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowded around him and listening to the word of God. 
He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled out their boat, they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. May God add reading, hearing, and understanding to this portion of God's holy word. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As you are seated, I invite you to take a moment and greet those around you. seated, um, I wanted to uh, make you aware of a couple of announcements in the life of our church. This week, Pulaski Heights celebrated its 110th anniversary as a congregation. That Yes, that is something indeed to celebrate, um, that for 110 years, we have been present in this community, in this city, in this world, seeking to do God's work um, in bringing love and light to those around us. And as we celebrate those 110 years, um, it is announced today that we are um, entering into a new stage of our life as a congregation as we say goodbye um, to two of our um, two of our wonderful staff members who are retiring in May. Um, Jim Mays, our director of music who leads the choir and the music in our sanctuary each and every week will be retiring as well as Stan Cox, um, our beloved organist. Stan has been with us for five years. He is so dedicated, practices each and every day on the organ and just gives light and love um, to all people, and Jim Mays has been such an integral part of our church family for nearly 30 years, um, serving and leading music, um, teaching the next generation through our adventures in the arts programs, um, and so we are so thankful for their years of service, um, but we also know, and we are, we're so thankful that they're able to retire, but we also um, grieve and mourn their loss, um, but also know that God leads us forward. Um, and so today, as God is also leading us forward um, as a staff, as a church, um, that we can be around for another 110 years and more. Um, I want to introduce you uh, to another new staff member, um, Cindy Burns, our minister to children um, and their families, um, announced her retirement earlier. Um, and Pam Lentz is our new minister to children and their families. Um, 
Pam, um, is, we're so thankful for you being here. She'll be here to greet y'all after the service. So especially the families with kiddos, um, I know she's going to want to say um, a word and, and greet you all, um, but wanted to make sure that we, we got a chance to introduce Pam. Um, as Cindy retires, we celebrate that. Um, as Jim and Stan retire and we begin search um, for new musicians uh, in, in our sanctuary service, we, we celebrate that um, and celebrate Cindy's ministry as well, continually seeking where God um, is leading us as God has for the past 110 years. Um, as, as people retire, as people move on, and as God sends us new persons um, into ministry, we celebrate. Now let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. This week I had the amazing opportunity to participate in a continuing education event um, at, a, at a camp outside of Houston, Texas. Um, I drove to this and had to come back a couple of days early um, due to the weather, but it was wonderful to be able to go and experience that, um, that wonderful community of other pastors as we are seeking to learn how to better lead God's church in this time. Like many of you who have gone on road trips, I used a GPS navigational system to get where I was going. Um, now, GPS has come a long way uh, in the past 20 years. I remember about 15 years ago going on a road trip with my father, and as we were traveling, there was a road that Garmin did not know existed um, that we were driving on. Um, and so if you ever had that happen before, as you were on this road trip, on a road that the system doesn't recognize, you might hear something along the lines of, Recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. But you continue to follow the, the directions and the GPS despite that because you're trusting that it will get you to your destination. This week, as I was driving down the roads of Texas um, to get to that camp outside of Houston, I found myself looking at that GPS, thinking of my little blue dot that little blue dot on that purple road going to my destination. Now, I didn't know exactly the path that it would take me to get there. I was using um, an app that adjusts the path based on traffic patterns and other situations that may arise. And so I didn't know the exact route I would be taking, but I trusted that my little blue dot would get to Camp Allen, to my destination, if I just followed those instructions. If I just followed, I would get to my destination. In our scripture lesson for today, we find Jesus early in his ministry, um, Jesus' ministry, his public ministry, um, begins in, earlier in the book of Luke, but we are early in Luke because we are in the fifth chapter. And we encounter Jesus on the shores of Gennesaret, which is also known as the Sea of Galilee. 
Up until this point, Jesus has already begun to make some waves in his preaching in synagogues, in his healing of people, in his casting out of demons, and he has begun to gather the crowds around the Sea of Galilee. You see, the Sea of Galilee is not a huge sea like we might think about. It's not an ocean where you look out and you can't see the other side. The Sea of Galilee is a smaller kind of lake where you can see to the other side. But people did not necessarily go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee because there were distinctive cultural differences between the people on either sides of that lake. But Jesus, Jesus traverses around the entire area, all around the lake of the Sea of Galilee, because he wants to reach each and every person to continue to offer hope and healing and in Luke, to fulfill his mission of what he says in Luke 4, to preach good news to the poor, offer recovery of sight to the blind and freedom for the oppressed to set uh, the, the prisoners free and to proclaim that the day of the Lord has come. That is the day when God would save fully God's people. He wants that message to be shared and to be lived and experienced by all people. And so that is a message that people were drawn to, people who were hurting, people who were sick, people who needed hope and healing and new life were drawn to this Jewish rabbi who was preaching something that gave them something to cling on to. And so he is standing here at the lakeshore and the crowds are gathering Crowds so thick, I imagine that as he's standing at the shore, he can't even see everyone that is there on the shore. And so in order to see and to make sure that he connects with that whole crowd, Jesus gets into a boat, a boat owned by Simon, whom he has met before because he has healed Simon's mother-in-law, who was sick in the chapter before this. He gets into a boat that is owned by Simon, and he asks Simon to take him out a little bit further so that he can see all of the people that are there on the shore and offer that preaching of hope and healing and new life that drew people to him in the first place. He wants them all to experience that. But as he is out, after he has gotten done preaching this message, he turns to Simon who is in the boat and he invites them to drop their nets out into the sea. Now, Jesus was not a fisherman. Jesus came from the family of a carpenter. Um, And so I imagine that for Simon and for these others whose family business was fishing, they would have been a little bit confused that this Jewish rabbi who was the son of a carpenter was telling them what to do in order to catch fish. But Simon says, since, since it's you who's asking, absolutely, we will drop our nets out into the water. They had not caught fish that whole time that they had been out spending all night out on the lake trying to catch fish. But Jesus invites them to drop their nets. And so they do. And all of the fish come 
And the scripture tells us that they had to gather other people in other boats to put all of the fish into. And that all of those boats, there were so many fish that even all of those boats, when the fish were distributed, began to sink under the weight. It was amazing. It was a miracle. And Simon Peter knew that there was something special about this Jewish rabbi from Nazareth. There was something special about him. Perhaps it was because of that that Peter realized that, Simon realized that, that he he was not worthy of this Jewish rabbi. And so Simon falls down at Jesus's feet and he says, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I'm, I'm not worthy to have you in my boat. But Jesus, Jesus says, do not be afraid. And he tells all of those fishermen there that I will teach you how to do something even greater than this. I will teach you you fishermen who don't think that you're worthy to do something even greater, to fish for people. And so they followed him. They followed him. I imagine that it would have taken immense trust for them to follow Jesus because he didn't give them a roadmap like the GPS, right? They didn't know what exactly they were be, would be doing there. He didn't have them sign any kind of contract with an agreement outlining their job descriptions. They may have known that Jesus had gotten run out of, of synagogues before and gotten in trouble, but they didn't know exactly what that would mean for them. They had to trust, though, that where Jesus was taking them where God was calling them would be a place where they could go and be fulfilled, that they would be participating in this work of healing and wholeness and transformation. That Jesus, by following him, would get them there. This must have taken immense trust for these disciples to follow this Jesus. If you've ever played the game following the leader, we all play it from the time that we are itty bitty. We all play this game of following the leader, right? And it takes some trust to follow the leader, to do exactly what that person in front of you is doing, whether they are going up and down hills, whether they are winding back and forth, whether they are dancing and looking silly, whatever it might be. When we play following the leader, it takes a little bit of trust to trust that that leader, if you're going to follow where they're taking you, isn't going to lead you down a path that is dangerous or hurtful. But we play that game and we follow the leader, believing that they will take us where we are supposed to be. That is what the disciples did as they followed Jesus on that day. Seeking to follow him was seeking to do what he did. When I was in middle school, there were very popular bracelets that everyone wore that had four letters on it. What, what do you think those four letters were? WWJD. What would Jesus do? 
What would Jesus do? And everyone bought those bracelets. They were the popular thing to do. But I don't know how many other 12-year-olds at my school were really thinking about what Jesus would do in the cafeteria or the schoolyard. Following Jesus means that we are called to do what Jesus does, like following the leader, doing what Jesus does in order to get to that point, that end point of God's full kingdom coming to earth. Jesus tells the disciples that they are to follow him and he will enable and empower them to fish for people. Now, when I was growing up, my grandfather was a big fisherman. And he loved to take us out fishing whenever we would go and visit him in Mississippi. Casting not nets, but our fishing line, we would hook those fish and reel them in, dragging them from their place of comfort um, into our coolers um, so that they could be dinner later. Now, many of us may have that image when we hear Jesus's words of fishing for people, an image of casting a line and reeling in a fish perhaps against its will, out of the water. But for Jesus' fishermen at that time, they didn't have lines and reels. They had nets. And to fish meant that you were to drop your nets into the sea and that crowds of fish would come and be in your nets so that you could pull them up. As Jesus is talking about what it means to fish for people, I think that the image that he was imagining was not of dragging people out of their comfort zone wherever they are to him, but instead casting a net of love and hope and healing that was so powerful, it drew people in. Fishing for people is about casting a net of love so that people are drawn to the healing power of the one whose love transforms us all. We are called to be a part of that. I have a friend who served as a chaplain, who serves as a chaplain in the FBI. And he told a story a number of years ago from a colleague who was serving as an FBI agent in Oklahoma City after the terrible bombing that took place there. And this agent was a part of working with the victims of that bombing, those victims' families that were struggling to heal and struggling to grieve and struggling with anger and hurt at this awful and tragic and traumatic situation that they were encountering. The agent worked with a number of families at that time. 
And 20 years later, on the 20th anniversary event there in Oklahoma City, the agent returned to take part in the memorial service, memorializing 20 years of that tragic event. As the agent was there greeting people, he was approached by a young woman, a young woman who he didn't exactly recognize, but she knew him. And she went up and introduced herself. She was the sister of one of the boys who had been killed in that tragic event. And she said, I want to thank you for the care that you offered my family. You helped to bring healing to us. And because of you, because of the healing that you offered, I want to be a part of that too. And so I want to go into the FBI to be a part of bringing healing and hope to other families like mine. She was drawn to be a part of something that had changed her life. And she wanted to change others' life in that same way. She wanted to bring hope and healing to others. I imagine that when Jesus is talking and inviting us to follow him, to be fishers of people, that it is about casting a net of healing and love and life in the terrible times as well as the good times and drawing people in to be a part of that. We all are invited, you see, to be a part of that. When we hear stories of calling in the Bible, whether it is Simon Peter, whether it is Mary, whether it is Jeremiah or Moses or Deborah or Ruth, when we hear these stories of calling in scripture, many times we may think, yes, but they're important. Yes, but, but I'm not called to ordained ministry. Some of you may be, but not all of us are. <laughs> We may think that calling is for somebody else. But as we read this scripture of fishermen, <laughs> fishermen out on their boats being called by our Lord to follow, I believe that it is an invitation for each and every one of us, no matter what skills we have, no matter what gifts we have, no matter what our occupations are, no matter how young we are or how old we are, God is calling and God calls each and every one of us to be a part of God's goodness in the world. Not to perfection, right? Simon Peter makes the makes the hesitation, God, I am a sinner. And Jesus said, I'm he, we don't hear this in scripture, but I'm sure he said, yes, I know. But you're still called. I don't call you to perfection. I don't call you to worldly success in terms of my work in the world. I simply call you to follow me. And to use your imperfections, to use your gifts, to use your talents, to use 
your hurts and your griefs and your struggles and your sin, to use it all to cast that net of love and fish for people, to draw people to me. I don't call you to perfection. I call you to follow. Friends, we are all called to follow. Over the past two years, we have struggled a lot, mightily, as individuals, as a community, as a country, as a world, to figure out what the future will hold and what our places are in it. It's been so hard to go to school virtually, to deal with childcare and work, to figure out everyday decisions that could impact the health of our loved ones and our community. It has been a struggle and it continues to be. But Jesus' invitation for the disciples is the invitation for all of us to follow, to simply follow. We may not know the route, but Jesus' destination of healing and wholeness and new life for people is where Christ leads us when we do. Doesn't mean there's going to be goodness all along the way. The disciples had a lot of struggle and trauma and betrayal and sin along the way. But Christ does not call us to perfection. He calls us to follow so that we can be a part of casting a net of love and drawing people to his healing presence. That net of love is what draws us to Christ and what draws us to one another. And today, those words of follow me are for each and every one of us to hear. Follow me, join my net of love, and I will transform you and I will transform the world. That is for all of us. That invitation is also why we gather together. It is also the same invitation that draws us to God's table, to God's table of communion, to God's table of wholeness and healing that is an invitation for each and every one of us to be a part of God's work in the world. For each and every one of us, to receive Christ's power in our lives that gives us hope for the journey, that gives us a point to look towards for love and care and transformation. This holy meal and this holy table is a remembrance of what God has done for us and also what God continues to do in our lives and in the life of the world. 
the ushers are among us. Um, and if you need to receive um, the prepackaged elements that you have, you are able uh, to receive those at this time. We look forward to the day when um, we are not bound <laughs> by a virus that is spreadable, but um, that we and we can come forward again. But in the meantime, these ordinary elements are made holy by the one who makes us holy, as we are called not to perfection but to receive the grace of God. As we remember in this holy meal, God's presence with us, I invite you to join me in turning to God in an attitude of prayer. God, as we remember you pouring out your love, casting a wide net for each and every one of us in your life, death, and resurrection, we give you thanks around this table. We give you thanks that on the night in which you gave yourself up for us, you took bread and you gave thanks to the Father and you broke the bread and you gave it to those disciples imperfect as they were. And you said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We give you thanks that when the supper was over, you took a cup of ordinary table wine and you blessed it. And you gave it to those imperfect, denying, betraying disciples. And you said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood that is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. God, I ask that this day you will pour out your spirit on these ordinary elements of wafer, of juice, of cup and bread, that you will make them be for us the body and blood of your son, Jesus Christ, that we may be for the world, his body redeemed by his blood, casting a net of love and drawing people to you. May we be united this day with all who seek to follow you in ministry to your world until that time when we reach our destination and the fullness of your kingdom comes to earth. Amen. Friends, I invite you to receive these elements peeling off the top layer of plastic and taking the wafer, which is the body of Christ given for you. Peeling off the second layer of plastic and drinking the juice that is the blood of Christ shed for you. God's grace is among us and we give God thanks. Amen. During this last song this morning, you are invited, if you are not a formal part of our congregation, to meet uh, Reverend Kathleen and I right up here uh, to take the vows in a formal way to become a part of what this church is doing. Because if you heard anything this morning, I hope what you heard is that this community is not just one that intakes church like a product and goes along their merry way, but is a community that asks more to feel called 
and to offer such a net of healing for the world that people are changed. You are invited to be a part of what we are doing. If you would like to come forward this way, please come up during our last song. You may now stand as we sing together.
We'll find in you and in God a generous and precious friend. Go in peace, have a great week, and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.